podcast episode which was recorded spontaneously in my office on Friday night. A really good friend of mine, Charlie Dehas, which I know a lot of you that are listening in already know her, she came to stay with me before she moved back to New Zealand. She literally has just gone back to New Zealand today being Sunday morning. In this episode, we talk about Charlie's business, The Clean Treats Factory, Her business experienced tremendous growth in a very short space of time, also known as rapid growth. And it was so big that the business became bigger than her. And she eventually had to close the doors of her very well-known cafe, the Clean Treats Factory. In this episode, Charlie speaks honestly and openly about her business and her journey her emotions and how difficult the whole process has been. So I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to bring on Charlie in a moment. If you do find that this podcast has been useful and helpful, please share it on. Charlie, thank you for joining me here today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, we're in a very different environment this time for this podcast. In fact, I was saying to Charlie, this is the first time that a real person has been in my office. (laughs) I feel a little bit privileged. (laughs) And we've had to open the window for a bit of air. It is very stuffy because we've shut the door, so we're locked in here. But, I mean, the amount of people that I speak to in this office Mm. through my computer is... Like, we're talking hundreds, yet Charlie's the first real-life human being in this room. Super special. So, what we wanted to do tonight was record a podcast because we are together with a microphone, so why not? Why not? Exactly. And that's the whole point of, you know, getting things done when you have the opportunity. Absolutely. So, Charlie's been on this podcast once before. How long ago was it, Charlie? Five years ago. Or maybe four. Was it? Yeah, it definitely would have been... Oh, maybe four, maybe three and a half, but yeah. definitely over three years. Okay. And so what I'm going to do in the show notes is actually link this podcast to the previous podcast because this podcast is really talking about Charlie's next chapter in her business journey. So we, before we talk about the next chapter, Charlie, let's hear about you um, and your business journey so far. Oh, gosh. And such a great point to say, go back to the old one. I think I might when I'm (laughs) on my plane. Um, So obviously, I guess for me, my life was clean treats for five years and I grew that uh, pretty rapidly and we had a lot of demand. I built a pretty phenomenal space. I still miss it every day. Um, And now I've gone into a new company called Naked, which I created and designed and developed all the products and I'm creative director. Plus, I'm trying to actually come back to a little bit more of what fuels my soul and that is more connection and more community and giving back a little bit more in the education, which is interesting and and you would probably really agree is like sometimes you go these full circles and it's like the universe has given you these nudges all along. But I come from educational background, you know, as national educator for a skincare company. So now that I want to go back into that, but in the health and through my own experience in business, because I still love and adore business, like love it so much. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to say to see the cycles. Absolutely. So let's talk about clean treats to start off with. 
people will remember you as Charlie's Balls. That's <laughs> oh, how you started. I know. Hashtag Charlie's Balls. <sighs> so how long ago did hashtag Charlie's Balls start? It's actually nearly one month. We are now May. Yes. Nearly five years ago. So April, okay. five years ago, I went to Coles, created some ingredients. I wasn't working. Um, just to quickly recap, I'd been sick from fitness modeling and I had digestive disorders and I went to like health specialists, I went to doctors, I went to everybody spiritual, I went to every single person you could possibly say and they were all like, there's no answer. So I started cutting out gluten and dairy and all of those kind of things and I had come from a, a six meals a day kind of meat and protein kind of diet. I was obsessed with and, you know, had body dysmorphia depending on how lean I was on the mirror. Um, but then I just, I started kind of healing myself by creating my own product and it just worked. And you know, like I've never invited you over for dinner and we've known each other all these times. <laughs> Nobody ever gets to invite to dinner at my place because I can't cook, but somehow the balls just worked. Like it still blows me away that recipes, even with naked now, like I, I would say that I've developed over 200 recipes in the last five years, even probably more, you know, like, and they just work. But the problem is that it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need a taste tester to follow me around all day. So you were one of the first in business to be focusing on balls. Mm. I, rem- I remember it at the time. And you went through the standard steps of business, but you experienced rapid growth. So at what stage of business did you experience that crazy growth? Mm. And it's really interesting because... At that same time, like we didn't even use cacao when I first launched. We used Dutch cocoa. So it's amazing to see how far the industry has grown in five years. And now as entrepreneurs, we're so focused on on what we're doing in the next step of hustling. And we forget about the long game or the end game. And just a side note on that, and I think it was the lean startup. And it's got that as a entrepreneur, your reason and your why will always be the same. But the little part of the pyramid that is the product can change and that for me is what I'm clinging on to right now obviously as well but um so yeah so clean treats repeat the question I got I'm like I always go right you you experienced rapid growth Mm. how far along were you in business when that rapid growth hit so we were and it was really interesting I think it was about a year and a half when or two years when I first had no a year and a half when I first had 300% growth which I talked about with you last time And conveniently, at the same time, I went plant-based. So it was like I was actually now part of what I was preaching because my product was gluten-free, refined sugar-free, dairy-free. And I used to actually say vegan. Now I use the term plant-based. And we got a national supplier. Then, so we were very wholesale. Like I, even to this day, I, I break tech. However, we've now seen the change. Like in five years ago, did you have Instagram? Or was it just starting? I I got Instagram, I reckon, like three months after it launched. Oh. Like pretty, pretty at the beginning. Oh, we were living in our old house. I reckon it was like five. Must have been five, just five, five and a half years ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I remember launching at the time Facebook was very big. And so it was like all your friends that kind of had to buy your product as well. We were very wholesale driven, um, very much on the mass, get the bulk buyers in. And then we partnered with an influencer. And, you know, to me, it's not so much about 
my brand. It's about reach and how we can get it out there. So influencers are still the same. If they're wanting to make a change in the world, they're wanting partnerships too. So rather than just the paid posts, um, but then we actually went online. Like I had a Wix website. It was oh my gosh. insane. Did it crash? Yeah. It, um, so I remember I had, and you know, and the influencer that we had, I had been, I'd known her through the Gold Coast for some time. And I sent her some products because it, they were the only ones that she actually liked for her child. And I remember even then, like on the Wix web website, I couldn't like, and I didn't even know anything or even shipping. I'd have to take them all down to Australia Post and figure oh out gosh. the prices and, you know, lug it all around because that hadn't been our focus. Then six months later, I reached out to that person and I said, let's create a product and I'll put your name on it with us. Um, and then we went online and we were the first people to actually create that DIY product at home, easy value for money. I mean, the products would cost like the dollar fifty per product, you know, and they were all gluten-free, refined sugar-free, dairy-free and plant-based. And it was brilliant. I mean, it actually went, there was like, between the difference between now and then, Coles now has those kind of premixes. Yeah. So know? just to explain, for those that are unsure of what kind of product we're talking about, we're talking about a DIY ball, ball, ball mix. There goes my glasses on the ground. Ball mix. And you did cookies as well, didn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. we just started creating All no bake. Yeah. All no bake. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it was, it was crazy. We're doing new product every two weeks kind of thing. Like, I would develop these recipes. And it was amazing. So can I ask, when you would launch a new product, what was sales like on launch day? Like thousands. It would actually kind of blow our mind because we were the leaders. We were actually the first doing it. And the ability, and it actually, you know, it worked. It was so beautiful of the way that we would launch a product and it would sell out. Like it would actually sell out because we were manufacturing as well. And then... We would kind of let it roll for 24 hours. We'd sell out of product. We'd have to make the product and make more and more. I mean, I was using Airtasker. I think, like, the amount of messages. I actually reopened it the other day of, um, no, just actually yesterday for some of the moving stuff that I'm doing. And I'm like, what was this account? Like, remember that time? Like, I was just desperate. I mean, I was pulling all-nighters. I, yeah. I can remember during that phase, like, you were literally scrambling for workers and people to come to work for mm. you. To like do stickers. To, to do absolutely mm. everything. What was that like? It was... How did you feel? Crazy like, chaotic. I mean, and I think, you know... It's amazing because it's kind of, as an entrepreneur, you dream that you're going to have this product that everybody wants. And sometimes we kind of think that I'm going to launch a product and it's going to be amazing next day. And not too often that actually does happen. So when you do find that gold or you have a partnership or something or you work with, and it could be Woolies or something, depending on your product, you know, um, it could be that you have an online program that just somehow the wording, you've nailed it right, you've got what the customer needs. It was phenomenal to know that we were creating something, actually something out of my mind and recipes, and again, I can't cook, <laughs> recipes that I would create and people loved them and they were phenomenal. Like even, um, and you would recall Aaron, our marketing manager, every time I would try a different treat, I would be like, oh, that's, that's good. And he'd be like, Charlie, you're always so surprised. And like, because I wouldn't have one for a while and, you know, there was treats every day, but with so many different flavors. So it was 
Like it was incredibly exciting. It was incredibly exhausting. As Did you well. ever feel sick of like, oh my god, this is just like getting so big so quickly? I'm feeling a little bit out of my depth. Look, I think when the pressure point came in when I signed the lease. Which... Okay. So just to take everyone through this, so basically, um, business was booming. Then you were you were busting out of the seams out of the oh, kitchen. We had a ninety square meter yeah. kitchen, and so, I mean it was an old um, bakery, yeah. and I had sublet it from somebody that I knew because they'd grow into their own space, and the lease there the lease was coming up. Yeah, and so I didn't want to commit to it in my own name, but then that pressure. Um, of the growth yeah and then also having to find somewhere and not having enough time but also like we were having products out the hallway like the guy the the manager he hated us and like the girls because I think I still had like 10 staff and like casuals and stuff like that at that time and everybody was just working and hustling there was no air con it was really not nice and we were figuring it out as we went along like this was capacity right like we were scaling and quick so we had to figure out how to Where get... to move. Yeah. Okay. Now, your big picture dream was always to have mm. a big, spla- big space where you had lots going on, you know, like cafe, very much <sighs> creating a space that you could bring a community together. Mm. So then you found this incredible space, didn't yes. you? Yes. And it would be interesting to listen to the old podcast to see if that was on there. No, it wasn't. I can wasn't remember. It? No, I can remember the conversation. Because interesting yeah. enough, and this is kind of like as we get along the story, this is like if somebody asked me where did it go wrong, I would say this moment here. But there's never any wrong, you know, yes. everything's lessons, and I understand that. Um, but also when you go through the the change, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm talking about a body change, you know, like yeah. when they talk about the woman, female, the change, the time. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Where did I see that in a movie recently? But I remember it, like when I first started in the first year, I was dating this guy and he was like, whatever you want, babe, I'll put money into it. And I went away and I did a business plan because I love that. Like I'm a dreamer. The one thing that I can say without a minute of a doubt, I'm a dreamer, I'm a lover, and I see, like, I actually sometimes wonder if I live in the real world. Like, I actually, yeah, have to come back to being grounded. And I went away and I did this business plan, and obviously we broke up. But on the business plan, so when I went looking, on the business plan was a picture of the space that I built. There were two images, and I'd used my limited InDesign um, skills because you know when you're first setting up I had no money I only had time I went and spent $700 to learn InDesign did my own logo all of that kind of stuff now I'm like hmm, would I have but <laughs> things have changed though yeah yeah, yeah. well exactly yeah. I mean we weren't so Instagram or such like you've got to hit the market with such a strong strategic yeah. brand and sleek and stylish and know your customer avatar and all of that kind of thing it was kind of like you could be a little bit more. You could. Seek how it goes without a doubt. Without and no doubt. judgment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was kind of like it was already there. It had been in my computer. It was the cafe. It was the event space. It was the manufacturing facility. I'd already done the menu, which was actually what turned into our real life menu. And the wall of the, the actual like wall was there. The only difference was in the business plan it was like a wall of lavender so because I come from days back background I can remember having the conversation so I was like it's got to be when you walk in you're leaving the world behind and then I was going to have like meditations before you eat little audio oh my gosh dreamer um but yeah so when I started looking that place was on I say it with a little bit of like oh (laughs) 
Damn it! <laughs> that place. Your dream came to life. With all of a sudden, yeah. it could be a reality. I yes. had the money in my bank. I I paid cash deposit in my bond. You know, I had money to refurbish. I couldn't. And I guess again, so was any of this money loaned? That, nothing. So it was all cash. Yeah. Which is probably one of the biggest things that I have learnt. And also, because we were growing so rapidly, everything was a band-aid. And I was so desperate for staff. And, you know, like, we had a great team. And when things were great, things were great. When things were not so great, again, like, you really learn who people are and the skill set and also the stick factor of how long they're going to stay around and their loyalty as well, how... You know, and it's something I talk to a lot of business owners about lately is like how much extra are people willing to go now without doing an hour extra every day for a week and saying I need a pay rise. Yeah, like the work ethic is changing. And Mm. so we were growing so quickly and I was in the business like I was there and there was no, you know, like I was doing everything. So looking back a little bit is I didn't have like my two AC or my right hand man or my operational person. And often sometimes I would do stuff at nighttime and I'd probably create a bigger mess of like trying to print stuff when I was totally out of my strength zone. Mm. Did you not like the business is just growing bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, So the demands are there. Were you just hiring without really understanding what roles you needed and what skills? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And not knowing the right questions to ask. And also, something that nobody talks about, I didn't know what legalities, like, I was up for. What did it now mean if I was a boss as such? You know, we talk about being a great boss and, you know, team members of family, but... For me, it was just me. And because I've got, like, that independent streak in me for, like, my whole life has been like that, that was very hard. And maybe it's something, like, now I definitely won't do is, like, have that second person. There's got to be good cop and there's got to be bad cop. Because it was confusing for me and also confusing for my staff if one minute I would reprimand you and the next minute we'd be talking about your boyfriend. Yeah. You know? And it was very highly emotional. And then because it was so exciting as well attention to detail and all of that kind of you know we didn't have to worry about it because the sales were coming in it was it's nearly like our success was our detriment you know and it's also one reason when I say to people get your systems in right away yeah know all of these things like start the right way from the beginning because otherwise it will be too late Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you try and fix it but again it's just band-aiding yeah Mm. okay so fast forward how long were you in the cafe space for do you think so it was close to two years uh really yeah so just under yeah but we did build it for quite some time um you know and this is another thing that people should also know is and, and like and because i am this dreamer and this lover there are like business people that you should definitely always get extra quotes is one thing I can say and you know there are people that will see sometimes especially if you're a sole entrepreneur or you care and you just want to create this change there are business deals there are guys that care about every cent you know they and and not perhaps they don't really care about your heart or your love or your changing of the world um and it's very true there is that that it's still out there not everyone is like us Mm. yeah you've got to work look out for yourself yeah Yeah. so i went into it very naive and even building the space 
And, you know, our builders were our landlords, which... You didn't realise that at the time, though, did you? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, no, I think I did know, but I didn't know the implications that that would have. Yeah. And how that's a thing that should not be done. Um, but we went along and we went along. And again, because I was, again, still in the business. But one thing, and, and something that I've learned about, but I really... You know, from my mistakes, I hope I can share lessons because when we get to the end of like and where I'm at now is I was too scared to talk about money. I didn't want to negotiate. I didn't second guess the invoices that were coming in. They were coming in monthly of over six digits, you know, and then so I was paying that yeah, yeah. onto their space. So, and it was beautiful, you know, and oh. it was great. And you know what? That was one of the stand-up features of the cafe that drew so many people and events mm. to your space was the the incredible fit out. Mm, yeah, I still love it. You know, and oh, it was designed to be a it's home. Very romantic. Like a home. It yeah. was, and it was yeah. that like you walk in, and you were Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, like it's a new world, and and I love that we built that. And yeah, it was just can you, so can incredibly special. Can you say special. what that fit out cost you? Oh, like <laughs> you're looking at like seven digits plus, yeah. plus plus. Um, For a fit out of a place that you were leasing. Mm. Mm. And, you know, like the limited knowledge that I did have, I uh, did forecast a little bit, but we weren't even looking backwards. We weren't analyzing our numbers. We, we were on to a great thing, but we weren't paying enough attention to the detail. But I also did have like, and these are the funny things. And also, as you know, we're talking about me moving is I'm going home to New Zealand. I'm going to be spending three weeks on a farm, which is kind of cute. I'm going to do some painting, like actually paid work for my uncle painting and just getting out of my own mind and out of Sydney so that I can also be in a really safe space because I now need to go and look back at that five years, Mm -hmm. do a mind map and connect the dots of the lessons that I have learned about where did I fall out of alignment with myself? Because there was the two things that were the major major issue is I was naive and under-experienced as a CEO. You know, I ended up having 30 staff at different well, times. Well, one minute you're rolling balls in your kitchen. Mm. You know, like there's a huge, huge leap in a very short space of time. Yeah, and then I didn't have the support network around me. Yeah. You know, my family is all in New Zealand. I'm single, so I didn't have that one person that was like, I'm coming in, I'm going to be operations manager, attention to detail and finances. Like I needed a CFO at that time when I had somebody doing my accounts, but not giving me any advice. And again, like I loved her. She was great. I still love her. Was she the right person for that? Potentially not. So there's some real ugly truths in it that I have to go back and connect and again, that's not taking any responsibility away from myself. Everything ultimately was my decision. So it's now learning from that and how can I share? But also some of the brilliant, brilliant strategies to keep that going because that didn't just happen, you know. No, absolutely. So, so my question is, you know, everything was going gangbusters um, clearly, expenses were just way higher than ever anticipated, mm. and the, the the business was just growing too quickly for you to really keep, keep control and understand and get the right people in place. So, what happened? You know, where did it go wrong? What actually happened? Oh, look, it's definitely so. What happened is the minute like we got too big, and not just 
revenue, but in the idea. Like that dream is amazing, and it, but it could have been five years away, you yeah. know? I needed more experience myself as a director, as the creative. I needed to get somebody to guide the business as an actual business. So I don't know if I looked at it as a business as set like I did and I had all these great big dreams and like we were having these major huge conversations you know so I had no reason to ever think that we were ever in trouble or that it wasn't going to become this 10 year multi multi you know and 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 also like international because I had big dreams yes, you know I'm a dreamer um but I guess it was because once the build happened and then the cafe was there and it was like holy fuck, you know, this is the, and like, and we didn't have any loans. Like I didn't even have a credit card for the business. And so everything was just cash, which was just silly. Um, but again, not so enough why is that, So that's a question, right? Why is cash silly in business? So cash is king yeah. in business. Yep. But we were so used to it coming in as well that when my attention as a director, because now I had two different businesses, yeah, and the cafe. Yeah, and then online. Yeah. So I recently went to a healer, and it was amazing the way that he put it. And when it was online, it was manageable because my staff were doing it, but I was giving no energy. Like, it was just behind the scenes, you know. I could protect my energy if I needed to go away. Like, quite often I would still go away and write or do my work away from the team mm. um, because, funnily enough, I'm quite an introvert, actually. In business, I'm very much extroverted, but... I do need my space. With the cafe, I didn't have a moment to breathe any day. And somebody would just be there and be, is Charlie here? Or the team would be in my office. And, oh, my gosh, like, that was a bit indulgent, my office. But it was great while it was there. It had a a four-poster bath. It was just (laughs) so... But that was there from before. I didn't It was so opulent, wasn't it? I know, but I didn't put that in. It was bigger than some people's apartments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was bigger than my apartment that I just... (laughs) Well, now I'm homeless, so it's bigger than any apartment I've got at the moment. Good. Okay. Just as I move So, continue. Yeah, so cash is king. So, basically... You have to save for that rainy day because Mm. you don't know. And what had happened is because I was so busy in the business, but also because I I don't know if I'm hard enough or strong enough, you know, the guys would just take the credit card and just, well, the the visa, the debit, and be like, oh, we were out of all this stuff and spend $500 of office works or just like, and nothing was ever budgeted or said no. I've had someone else on the podcast before. He was running a multi-million dollar business and he just said when he he got into trouble and he looked at the expenses and he said the stationery covered, he couldn't believe how many oh my gosh. how many pens when we had closed in the space? Yeah. And the amount of stuff that we had brought that we'd never finished using. Different love notes, different stickers, different yeah. product bags. Yeah. And that stuff all adds it up. It does. So because we did the opposite way of most businesses where we just had cash, like all, not from the beginning, I mean, yeah. I started with no cash. So then we had cash and then we went into like, okay, the major problem was that we spent way overspent on the build and then I have no idea about cafes. So then I hired somebody, but he wasn't potentially the right person. But also then I had you know, online still going. So now I had redirected. This was my, you know, my business. This was the the king of the queen. Like it's the primary it was, revenue source yeah. of the business. And yep. what I did, Ali, oh my gosh, 
I took myself completely away from that, then added, like, I was maybe 50% there. Then I added on this dream, and because I wanted to do that, and I wanted to build this amazing space that I knew would stand for something. That was the most important thing for me. And it was plant-based and all of these things, and I knew that it was bigger than me. But also, in saying that on a spiritual level, is it was much bigger than me. So I just, I ran out of You took myself. on a beast. You took on a yeah, beast. Yeah, and I couldn't, uh, like a yoga class wouldn't work to get me connected anymore. Like I was just running and running and on a hamster. And then when you start to realize that, hey, oh my gosh, I need some help. It's very tricky at that point when you, like, I remember we paid a, um, a manufacturing expert and he was like $24,000, like $1,000 a day, like over a period of 12 weeks, so $2,000, you know? And that's one of the, what's one of your expenses of how many? Like? Oh, yeah. And then everybody, yeah. and you know, and I say this in the nicest way, um, but it is like, find the people that you gel with and, but always get those quotes. You know, I should have done it with building. I was so desperate to get the space and I was. Because it was my dream sitting yeah, right there. Involved. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I didn't get enough advice. I asked one of um, somebody that we both know for a lawyer to look over the lease. It cost me three and a half thousand dollars. I mean, I was paying, oh, I think my bond was like $140,000, you know. Um, I was paying that much. Surely I could have spent a bit more on a better lawyer to yeah. overlook my lease. Because then when it got a bit tricky, it was like, this lease is fully in their favor yeah so you're screwed yeah because you can't fight that um and again it comes back to new age thinking and and different kind of you know people in business but that was the one of the biggest mistakes but it comes back to again just asking for help out or getting more quotes you know okay so a key learning is getting more quotes Mm. you know what though hindsight's a beautiful thing of course you know what? If you'd had a reasonable mind at the time, of course you would have got more quotes. You mm. were scrambling for time and you had people pulling at every arm. Yeah. yeah. So I totally get how that mistake. And also the minute that people start putting pressure on you because they want the business off you, mm. you feel compelled, you know, like, oh, I trust this person, I'll go yeah. with it. So there's this false sense of security. Yeah. So I, I get how you and got there. And people in business are sales. Yeah, so they absolutely. know and they can see somebody like you yeah. looking for a weight off their shoulder, like off my own shoulders. Plus also your team are like, we need this, we need that. Mm. And, you know, I think it was one of the things, was it Lisa Messenger or What's Winging It, Emma's book? Yeah. And she's like, all the time, staff, and I'm not saying anything bad, but it's like, we need this, we need this. It's not creative thinking anymore. Mm. You know, there's no in, intuition or in, um, what, what's intuitive thinking or like yeah like just trying to fix things yeah. as they are so band-aid, we were just getting new band-aid. things yeah. yeah yeah and um yeah so it was the split of the energy and one thing like if I could do it again but I probably would have looked for a partner earlier so it could a have business partner a business partner right rather than an investor well a business partner well it was too big it was bigger than me so, okay. Or somebody that was an investor with an active role. Yeah, okay. Well, that's my stomach. Um, that was actually, but had those basic business yeah. skills. Because, and I'm sure that you'll agree with me, is business is the same no matter what field it's on. 
Like there oh are my the gosh, yes. Because I mean, get your finances right. Absolutely. Know your growth. Know your customer. Yeah. I don't care if you're on a farm or you know whatever it is. Yeah, you transfer the skills. So all right then. So basically, things started to go pear shape. You're under a huge amount of pressure. What happened next? And you know, like the crazy thing is, is even with the cafe, we had so much media and it was just amazing yes, like so much media and i that was my speciality which is yeah. what now even with naked i'm creative director you know because that's what i'm good at and i'm a relationship person and maybe for another new business that i'll have with somebody you know coming soon which is very cool um but that was easy for us to do like it was so easy and then we had like you know it was sydney's most beautiful cafe and then we were plant-based and it was changing but again, our success, and that was due to nobody else but our own self yeah. and what we had created, our success was our own detriment. We would have lines out the door on a Saturday. We wouldn't have the staff. We didn't know the systems. Like, And you'd get staffing up saying they're sick or whatever because uh, that's just normal. And staff just don't care yeah. like in hospitality. And because we were so, like, you've got to care. Like, they would prefer to ignore you than uh, take your order. Like, it would blow my mind sometimes. Mm. And I would, like... I was on the floor every day on a Saturday. Like, we're talking about steps before. I would do 25,000 steps in just a day on the floor. Um, but I did love it. Like, it, that was the joy. But also, I mean, the brand was you, Charlie. Mm. Like, it was it was you. It wasn't just a business. Mm. It was it was your baby. Yeah. So, you know, I can completely... I mean, everything that you're saying, it's like, I can, I can totally understand and empathise with everything that you're saying. So... Basically, it just got to a point where the expenses were too high mm. to manage. And so the business was actually doing well. It yeah. was just the expenses. Yeah. And and the rapid growth it was almost like, you know, a billy car without, you know, speeding down a hill mm. with one wheel about to fall off. Yeah. And, and that had, one wheel was me or the yeah. one at the front. And you um, had to make some very, very quick, tough decisions. Mm. Mm. So can yeah. we go into what they, um, what they were? It was... Like, they were heartbreaking. Yeah. But, like, I think because we were going into winter um, and, you know, the business was still doing fine. It was just our overheads. Like, they were just insane. And then the staff management. And, again, I didn't know where to turn now for support for myself. So, again, I don't have family here or a business partner. And every decision was a heartbreaking decision. Or, like, and I mean, we were having conversations about franchise in the UAE and the US and all these amazing things. Like, it was, for me, the, my biggest downfall in business, and which is why I look for somebody that is that, like, strong. Like, I need somebody holding me down while I'm the balloon, you know. And I think yeah. a lot of creative entrepreneurs yeah. are that. But not every idea is a great idea. So when I would see that our revenue needed a boost, I'd be like, well, let's do this. But... And that was, it was kind of an even scale of we had the ability to bust out a product tomorrow, you know, because we had our own manufacturing facility. We could, we knew different trends, you know, like we were quite, quite good in that, but it was just that, yeah, our overheads and that, you know, cash problem because we spent it all, should have put it all on the card. Um, but yeah, and it was just, I got emotionally like... I was just empty. Like, there was nothing else left of me. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, I'd had some major staff kind of changes. And it also, like, it, it's a tricky thing to talk about because if you are the boss, 
or like you're the owner and the director, you want people to buy into your vision. So you want them to be your friends. You want them to have heart and feel in the game. But when you've got to be strict with them, you know, like I had people not making budgets, but I would just not care because they would be there, you know? Yeah. Like I was looking at it more for the friendship thing. And I truly believe in the Richard Branson quote is like, look after your people. But he's probably not the one saying like, where's your uniform today? Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're 10 minutes late with the coffee. I think it's an Instagram quote, you know, like rocking into work half an hour late with my coffee cup. Um, <laughs> the coffee that made me late. And, you know, so I just couldn't kind of see a way out. And then I was speaking to a couple of people, like we were looking at quick fire sales, like all of this kind of stuff that I had no idea about when I first started business, you yeah. know. Um, I had no idea about some of the terms that I've recently learned about and the pressure and the risks as a director, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and somebody came along and did say that they would take the online business and, and buy it, um, and keep some of the staff in their jobs and the brand would continue, etc., etc. So the only thing we would have to do is like, obviously we had to close the business so that it we could break the lease, yeah. which was heartbreaking, you know. And the hardest thing was that every day I would have to walk into that and I was having these conversations. But I was also having conversations with people that were wanting to come on, but they didn't want to pay a four-month bond. So they were trying to negotiate as well. Like There was so much and I was just anxiety-driven. And then I would walk in the cough, like in, in the door and I'd still have to pretend like life was amazing. But obviously everybody could tell because I'm such a vibe person mm. as well. Um, in a way, you were saved at the nth hour. Mm. Did you did you find that social media made this even harder for you to deal with because you're having to put up a brave face as if business as usual? Yeah, and also because, like, you know, it was my baby. I built yeah. it from nothing. But one thing is that it was me. It was bigger than me, but it was bigger than every other aspect of my life. Like, I remember... I went to the doctor and I was like, I'm like really sick, you know? And she kind of said that I was had extreme, um, oh no, it was chronic, chronic fatigue, chronic anxiety and chronic depression. And she was like, you must All take, an, yeah, you must take antidepressants and take some time off. And I was like, no, I tried the antidepressants. Well, it was impossible for you to take time off. Oh yeah. And, but I would never even go to a doctor, Yeah, you know? And I... Like, for me to feel like that's my last resort or, like, I was calling out for help and I just didn't know where to go or who to speak to. And every single thing that or person that I wanted to speak to or could speak to was going to cost me more money. Yeah. And I didn't know yeah. if they were going to be vested or give me the right advice because nobody was emotionally invested or cared about it like I did. Like, it was me, you know, and I remember sitting outside one day and I was in tears um, and, and speaking with somebody like Charlie, what is it about this place? Cause I was, I was going to do anything it took to keep that place going. You know, mm. I had somebody that was looking at like, they were going to put meat on the menu. I'm plant-based. So then that was making me sick on the inside mm. because I was like, how much of my values am I going to have to break here? What is this? Like, and I was just tormented. Like I still am. Cause now I look back and I'm like, what could I have done? Um, I don't think you could have done anything. I think I honestly think it's just like part. It's part of the journey mm. that is going to take you to the next chapter. You know, yeah. and and it, it's interesting because everyone wants rapid growth. When they start a business, everyone <laughs> wants it. 
and and there's only a minority that experience it mm. and and you you literally speak to people that have experienced it and it's not all roses you mm. know like it is you know well, it consumes you and yeah i think also the reality is ali that it got so much bigger than me but it got bigger than what it meant to me too because it did become about the money you know like we yeah, did true. have yeah. a 8 million dollar revenue in no like eight digits in under three years, you know, Crazy. in total. Crazy. Obviously, we spent it all in space, which is not <laughs> the smartest thing to do. But, like, that's still pretty amazing. Um, and, you know, now that I'm no longer part of Clean Treats, it's – and this is part of the reason why I'm going home to New Zealand is I'm just not healing. I'm not recovering. But the reason why is because in that whole time – I, and this is another like major lesson people need to learn is I let my business define me. I was Charlie in the clean treats factory. I loved it. You know, like it was my name and my ego definitely got inflated, but I had to put that on every day as well. You know, literally I still needed help. I was just, and every time I would get a consultant, it was like, help me. But they, yeah. Did anyone, was anyone able to help you? Look, I think everybody had a bit of movement, but the, what I needed was the longevity. Yeah. Like somebody with the, the skin in the game kind of thing. So, yeah. And, but because, you know, when we look in our lives and especially as entrepreneurs, we're taught to hustle. And if you're not working hard and that hard, somebody else is working harder. If you're mm. not you know, working 20 hours a day, what are you doing? You're going to fail. And and it doesn't have to be like that. But what I'm really seeing this year, and you probably are too, is it's really beautiful that people are starting to realize that, hey, I can have my business, but I can have a life. Yeah. And they can sustain each other. Because when I had my business, like well, when I had it at that capacity, nothing else existed. My health didn't exist. My family didn't exist. My friends and probably even yourself. You know, I had a friend that said to me, and luckily, like, we're close friends, and obviously we have quite in-depth conversations, but she said, Charlie, I feel like you've always got somewhere else to be. It would be one wine. I've got one hour for her. Because I've had one day off a week. If I wasn't mm. in bed, I would be on my phone, do, still doing stuff, yeah. trying to get creative space, yeah. um, or seeing some of the friends, or they'd yeah. have to come and see me. The world revolved around me in that space. Mm. So when you remove that from a spiritual kind of thing, I'm left here. And I'm like, holy fuck, who am I? Yeah. You know? What What do I even like? Like, what is my life purpose? And because I am a hustler. Like, obviously, mm. I wouldn't have created that if I wasn't a hustler. Yeah. So for me right now, it's really interesting, and I hope to share more about it, is being in the moment and the presence. Like, and I'm a manifester. You know, I manifest in yeah. that space. Absolutely. Okay, so now... You're sitting here in my office with me, the first human being in my office. Oh, no, I that, That's work-related. <laughs> and you're going to New Zealand. Mm. Your bags are packed. Your house is packed. Your computer's down in my garage at the moment. Yes, we have to come download everything Your television is in my garage at the I moment know. because it couldn't fit into storage. <laughs> this new chapter, mm. I will feed you. I can hear your stomach. I, know, <laughs> I think it's because I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, you know, this it's is emotions. Um, Tell us about this next chapter. And you're in it. So mm -hmm. a lot of it is still clouded. You're working your way through this next chapter. Mm, and it's what been can like you say about it? six months now. And I think for anybody that is going through it, 
reach out to somebody and, and get a mentor or, you know, speak with somebody because you've got to know that somebody's got your back because it's such a lonely game as an entrepreneur because business is tough. And actually now, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher. Like I know even the Instagram, not the algorithm hasn't changed, but it's just flooded now. Yeah, it is. So you're not getting the engagement, but that's okay. And it doesn't have to define you. What's really cool is now people are taking social media detoxes. But anyway, like it has been from the moment I made that decision, it's been a highs and lows. Um, the reason I'm going home is actually I really wasn't well mentally and I just lost my purpose and I didn't know how to get out of bed in the morning. Um, I didn't know what I was living for anymore and it actually seemed like life wasn't worth living. So I needed to, the reason I'm going home is to be in a safe space and so I can really come back to connection. I actually had this really internal feeling of just, I just need to lie down on the grass. Like Mm. I just need nature. Nature. And I'm like, I don't feel the same way about the beach. Like I've never felt like that. But interesting enough over the last six months is every second weekend or so I'm at the Blue Mountains. Um, And sidetrack, but this is not a poor me. But when I was going through that, I thought I fell in love and found like the love of my life. Turns out he wasn't that person. So now I'm like, well now, you know, like there was just... There's this other podcast I've listened to and it's Tim's story and he's this like um, American preacher and he's like unrelenting disappointments will leave you heart sick. And right now I am heart sick. And the worst thing about that is that when your heart is unwell, it robs you of joy, it robs you of love. You can't feel those things, you know, but also when you're in that space and, and, and it's something that you kind of need to learn to pull yourself up about as well is you need to get into a safe place with the people that really care. And like, you know, I'm going back into my cocoon really mm. so I can blossom again, but I'm removing myself from the stresses that keep aggravating me and hitting me more and more and the pressure of living in Sydney or trying to have it figured out because it's freaking me the fuck out not having yeah. it figured out, you know? Um, and you know, obviously there's naked as well, but I'm just like, it's kind of, I've, it's kind of similar to clean treats, but clean treats version two, but now I'm like, what is my why? Yeah. And unfortunately is this story, which I, you know, I don't know if it's a story of success or, you know, as much as people say it's not a failure right now, I feel like I failed, mm. you know, and it actually kind of bugs me when people are like, you didn't fail. It's fine. Get over it. And I'm like, it was my whole life. Like, I'm yeah. actually grieving. So yeah. if anybody is going through it or knows that, like, empathy is the biggest thing that you can feel for yourself or for somebody going through that. Like, just being there, you know? Some of my friends mm. just watching movies, like, I don't want to go out and be fabulous. I feel hideous right now, you know, like, inside my skin. Yeah. Because I don't know who I am. Um, but are you, are you searching for answers? Yeah, and I just, it's kind of like, why? But it's also, like any grief, you go through sadness, sorrow, anger. Like, I, I had this all this anger to people that, like, why the F didn't you know or to help me? Because there were opportunities or there were purple people in my life. So I'm like, oh, well, then this is my lesson and, oh, you know, so you get that. But then you get an anger towards yourself and regret or you find that pinpoint. Like, for me, it's pinpointing the day I signed the lease. Like, Charlie... You know, and I replay it over in my head. So you do get stuck in your your mind. And as 
spiritual as I am, you know, you've got to be able to say, okay, I'm self-sabotaging right now. Mm. Um, like, do I want to stay here? Like, do I want to settle in my setback? Like, I am living a discounted version of myself right now. Like, and that's from this other guy. But is that, isn't, isn't that okay? Well, because you can't be at the top of your yeah. game all the time. You can't. Mm. And, and, but that's what people need to realise as yeah. well. Like, it is okay to retract. And basically the moving back to New Zealand, because I couldn't really do it in Sydney, is I'm pulling back all of my energy, all the energy that I put into clean treats, all the energy that I put into my team, and I'm bringing it back to me. I'm mm. calling it back and I'm coming back to being centred and putting my pieces back together because, again, without that... And it's silly, but we do fixate, you know, like that was, I had big dreams for that. And I obviously had a life before that too. Um, But you do kind of like, and healing, healing takes time. And I remember when I made the decision, I would walk around um, Centennial Park and it was the most strangest feeling, but it was like my body no longer existed and I was only cells. Like I was that connected with my soul. Like you were space walking. Yeah. Yeah. Like the weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Like I could finally breathe again. Mm. But it's just, and now I'm kind of feeling that like, because I'm not letting go and I'm only the, I'm the only one responsible of that. Like, and I talk to friends and mm. stuff and they're like, they don't care. Anybody that actually loves me and for anybody that's going through this, like people will still love you. Yeah. Which is like the actual They're not judging. Beauty. There's no judgment. Yeah. So it's only yourself and your judgment. So yeah. you need to do what it is to retract and come back to being you so that you can show up and be there for your friends and things too. Because it is, you know, like if you're an energy vampire in which I feel like I'm just like, I just need, you know, I don't want to live in this space anymore. No. So you need you're to close to the doors. Yeah. yeah. And that's even with bringing the story out. But that's part of the healing of like, mm. it happened. And I've already, you know, like there's a new business. I've got new other things and that's exciting. So it is like the opportunities, the excitement, the lessons. And I know there's business investors out there that don't even invest in you unless you've crashed a company yeah, before. Absolutely. You know, they wouldn't even touch you because no. you've learned. <laughs> okay. What, what was it like? Because you've literally just packed up your life. Mm. Wine is good right now. So I know. I was just thinking we need a top up. Um, what what was that like? Because that must have been emotional packing up your house. Mm, and I yeah today and since I made the decision, it was like it wasn't so much. I'd been sitting with it and I'd felt this call. You know, I'm from New Zealand and I remember um, when I was at home and I don't watch TV, but when I was at home at Christmas time. I remember seeing this one thing with Jacinta Arden and we have a major suicide problem for young teenage women in New Zealand. They also have a problem with their talent leaves who all comes here in Australia. So it's very rare for somebody to go back, but it's happening more now as there's more um, equality. So I don't know why, but it was this one point and it stuck out to me. And then it was, and I was sitting with my, my parents and I'm like, I'm missing out on all of it because once clean treats was gone, I was like, what is life now? Mm. You know, I've not had family for 15 years. Except for calls. I can't just pop around to my mum's and go for dinner or to my dad's or go do gardening or go on the farm and ride the motorbike, you know, um, or to my uncle's restaurant and be fabulous and drink cocktails. Like, there's such a beautiful world there. Or be an auntie, you know, mm. to my cousin's children. And 
So I've been sitting with it because I felt like, and I'd mentioned it at Christmas time, and I said, like, I'm not going to make my decision until I'm in a bit of a safer, like, a better headspace. Um, but by the middle of the year, I'll know. And it was only, well, I think it was like two weeks ago now that I just, I really wasn't getting better, Ali. And I was just, you know, unfortunately, when you are down, it's really hard to get back up sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, even though there's all these things there, like I'm not my whole self, so my creative wasn't flowing. I my own judgment, like I was being my own worst enemy. Anytime I did something, I was like, "That's shit. It's gonna fail." You know, like I was just yeah, thinking, oh. yeah, and in such a headspace, and it actually got pretty bad. Um, and like I had to call Lifeline one night um, because it felt like. Like, I had nothing to live for anymore, you know. Like there was no joy, and I didn't have any direction. I didn't mm. have any sense of purpose. Like, I, for so long, I had known where I was going, and I was on this one track, and then I, I like, all of a sudden I didn't. And then I'm like, who the F am I? Like, what is life about? I'm 35 years old, you know? Like, now I'm homeless. Oh my gosh. You're not homeless. No, you're, no. But, but yes, it's just you don't have an apartment to live in. Like well, I'm not settled. It's uncertain. It's it uncertain. Is. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen. Like, But I think that that's, you know, and the opportunity. Like this is a message from the universe. It is. Um, and I know that even when the clean treat stuff happened, that was from the universe. You know, like I saw heaps of healers. I've written every day. Um... So it's going to be interesting, but I mean, I think now it's a really beautiful space to be able to remove myself, and I'm so grateful, you know, and it was actually my dad and who, who, who was like, just come home, and he's been saying that for six months, you know, because you've got to think about how worrying it is for them on the other side of the mm. phone when I'm just crying every time I talk to them, and it was actually my... Um, cousin who had called and he was like Charlie your dad came to see me and he's really really worried and I was just like you know that was, that was a bit of concern for me like that was where it really fit, I like felt my heart trying to put felt real right. felt yeah, real of like, yeah you know, this is pain that I'm putting on something I was like is a move home that big or is it you know like I can still come back it's absolutely fine. it's not like you're having to catch a ship and it's going to take you 12 months to get there. Yeah. yeah. It's a flight. And we've got, like, the world is so accessible now. Mm. So I'll be able to do everything that I can but while I garden and do mm. all... And I'm just feeling this innate... Inside of me, my soul needs that. Mm. Like, I just... And I'm going to try some social media detox. It's a bit hard with my creative director job as <laughs> naked. But I might figure out, like, an answer to that. But it's it's like this collateral beauty, you know, and I think everybody always speaks of it and it is really hard when you, if you haven't gone through something and yeah. whether it is grief or loss, whether, you know, like business is not a life, I'm not saying that at all. To me, it was my life, yeah. you know, um, and I, I'm not close with family or didn't have a relationship mm. or children. So to me, it was my everything, but it wasn't a life. And I am making this decision so it doesn't cost me my life, but mm-hmm. also so I can hopefully share and give back because I think that that is now, you know, we're in a space of talking about vulnerability and courage and every single day people are being knocked down and just by not being kind to one another mm-hmm. or judging mm-hmm. or, you know, we're having a separation of social media. Yeah. 
and what you must be and what you must do that creates this pressure on ourselves and we don't even know if that makes us happy. It probably doesn't if you're living up to that life, you know? Like, we're really, I think, coming back to a lot more basics and you can see that with the condo, um, you know, Marie Kondo and even, like, all the depression talks that, like, everything is about getting to nature. Like, we can't... We're energetic beings. We can't vibrate in a city, you know? Like... Oh, the heartbreaking thing coming back to packing up my apartment. I did have to sell my plants. That was like my baby. I was wondering about that Because they can't go in storage. Oh, that was heartbreaking. But, you know, I'll have some new ones. There were some cute people that came and got them. I was like, look at like a little mum. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, Charlie, you... I've known you since through this entire journey. No, thank you for being there. And it has been, you know, it, it's been it's been incredible to watch you. And and as I said, I can absolutely empathise with everything that you've been through. And you know what? I think if you had your time again, you pro- you would still make mistakes. Mm. It's just the nature of it. It's part of your journey. I think the big thing <clears throat> when you go to New Zealand is to not put too much pressure on yourself that you have to create solutions mm. and solve problems. And find my next big thing. Yeah, I think go there, breathe in that fresh air, enjoy the family, do the, the runs up the mountain. Walk. Yes, do the run mountain hiking, paint. And see what transpires. Take the pressure off yourself. Mm. And the big thing is, is that everyone is always here. You are you are never a burden or a, what do you call yourself, a vampire? Energy vampire. <laughs> Energy vampire. I love no. that time. That term. <laughs> you're not. That you're not. You need to just get out of your own head and mm. enjoy, enjoy home. And the thing is, Sydney is always here. Mm. You can always change your mind. Well, exactly, and I've just, you know, that's the whole reason I put everything into storage, yeah. is I'm giving myself a whole three months of space, because I need to write, I need to be creative, mm. I want to get my health back to my best, mm. you know, and that's what I'm excited about, is just having space and being able to breathe, yeah. you know, and just coming back to actually being a little mm. bit, and then, you know, when you can get back to that space, and you take yourself off the hamster wheel... That's when the answers will come anyway. Yeah, like we all know that. Yeah. You know. So you're um, you're in the thick of it. Mm. You're in the thick. You know, it's really interesting to speak to you tonight because no one speaks about this when they're in the thick of it. Mm. I think you're the first person ever. Well, ever, everybody has already ever. kind of come out of it, and yeah, and you know, like it's it's hell and heaven at the same time, mm. in in different ways, but. It makes you question what your values are. Do you have junk values or what are your intrinsic values? Yeah. You know, I've never... And coming back to that collateral beauty, I've never been closer with my dad than in the last six months, you know? There you go. And it is so beautiful to have that relationship now with my whole family. Yeah. And even just being able to appreciate friends and even like mm. yourself of like holding space for me and then hoping and being able to really appreciate that and hold that in my heart so that then when I know or see anybody going through something I can then be that person because when I was clean treats definitely not yeah you know was sort your stuff out I'm really sorry or you come see me like yeah or I could send you flowers that was probably about it you know like but I had to be at the space yeah even if I was washing dishes so um there's a lesson in everything absolutely in life and I think for anybody that is at this 
kind of space um, is to know that you're not alone. And mm. I think that hopefully having us having this conversation, it happens, you know, like when I became obsessed with it and I was reading every kind of blog, I was like, how do entrepreneurs like get through failure? How do you get back up again? What do you do when this happens? What does this term mean? Like, oh my gosh, so much like, and you know, cause I just wanted to understand it because it was, it's big business and it, it's really scary, but there were no safe spaces. Like, and I think that this is something I don't know yet, but there's something that's sitting there of like, how can you create like a support network? You know, it's kind of still a bit taboo, I think. And it's very freaky for me to even put this out, but it's kind of like even, you know, back in the days, it was like if you had a drug problem, you would never speak about it. But now if you've got a drug problem, it's okay. Let's get you some help. It's fine. Mm. You know, we don't yeah. bat a second eye. And what's that saying? That whatever. Um, your eyelashes twice or something. Yeah. If you had an alcohol problem or you don't want to go out and drink, people would be like, you've got to drink. You know, that was our mm. culture. But now you can go sober for yeah. a year. Um, or for however long, you know, and people applaud it. We're mm. all about your own choices. But I think this whole business thing is still very much taboo. And I hope that we can start to be like, it does happen. And it's not like I wanted it to happen or did everything I could for it to happen. It was my heart, my soul, my sweat, my tears, my baby, you know. I chose that business rather than having a family. So it's important, I think, to... Yeah, somewhere along there, perhaps it's about just community of like, what do you do? Who's the right people to get advice from? Not just, you know, business sharks mm. that, you know, and, and that happens too. Yeah. So um, we're going into a very different kind of business market at the moment. And it's a, it, it is tough to keep on your game as well. But to know when your business is serving you rather than you serving your business. Yeah. And you're keeping your life intact and, and keeping those things important too. So, yeah. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. I think we better have a cheers. We need, we need to go and top our glasses up. Yes, that was an emotional line. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And honestly, just before it does wrap up, just because, you know, I'm all about well, I'm closing the doors. But Ali was actually one of the people that was – there for me and if you're using her as a business coach or working with her that's a terrible term um honestly amazing advice and she was actually a business coach for me right at the beginning mm. when I started my brand actually after I started my own and design one which was good so you know reach out to people and don't ever think that you've got it all because you've got your right seat on the bus and know when you need to ask for help. Like I'm brilliant at creative and shit at operations. And I don't want to know about logistics, to be honest, like, you know, so, um, yeah, but also on a, on a personal level, Ali, thank you for always checking in and being there. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so special. Oh. Okay, let's hit stop. <laughs>